everyone is embraced as worthy on both the personal and political and social spheres. And I don't think we should wait until society embraces us to embrace ourselves. Welcome to the Unconditionally Worthy Podcast. In this podcast, I will guide you on your journey to connect with the true source of your self-worth. Each week, we'll discuss barriers to unconditional self-worth, the connection between self-worth and relationships, self-worth practices you can apply to your life, and how to use self-worth as a foundation for living courageously. I'm your host, Dr. Adia Gooden, a licensed clinical psychologist, dance enthusiast, and a dark chocolate lover who believes deeply that you are worthy unconditionally. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. As always, I am so happy to have you here listening today. And today we're going to talk all about how you have a healthy relationship with yourself and what the components of that are. And I thought I'd start by telling you about what this looked like for me just this week, actually just yesterday. So I'm in the midst of preparing for some upcoming projects to launch. I will tell you more about one of those projects, which is a course later in this episode. So stay tuned. But I'm sort of in the midst of preparing and There's a lot of things that go into launching a project to the public. There's a lot of emails to write and send. There's a lot of landing pages to set up. There's just a lot to do. And yesterday, I was feeling particularly stressed about it. I've been feeling a bit stressed about it kind of all week. Just the fact that I have a lot to get done and need to make the time for it. And one of the ways that I have been working with this that's different from how I would have worked with it a few years ago that I think really relates to kind of me developing a healthy relationship with myself is that I have been kind and encouraging to myself every step of the way. So actually the stress kind of started for me this weekend because I had a lot to do kind of time crunch that I set up for myself, but you know, Hey, it's there. And so I woke up Saturday morning feeling a bit stressed. And if this had been a few years ago, I probably would have responded to that stress by diving into work, right? Like, okay, I'm stressed. So let me just get more work done. Okay. Just work all day Saturday. I had a wedding to go to, but it didn't matter. Like I would have stopped work right before going to the wedding and, you know, just get as much work done as possible. Right. Like, and the reality is that sometimes working through our stress is useful or necessary. But for me, it was pretty clear that even though part of me wanted to work, there was another big part of my, me that said, you need to stop, you need to slow down, you need to rest. And I made the decision to not do any work over the weekend, which I am super proud of because I have spent years in graduate school working nights and weekends because it felt like there was always something I needed to do. And so I made the choice to say, you know what, the best thing I can do for myself to take care of myself is not do more work. Like checking more things off of the to-do list actually isn't going to help me feel less stressed in the long run. It's just going to make me feel like, yeah, I got these tasks done, but on Monday, I'm going to feel tired and I'm not going to feel like I want to get back to work. And so 
I did that. I decided no work this weekend. Like we're not sending any work emails. We're not doing any small or large tasks for my job or my business. And I feel really proud of myself for making that decision. It feels like a decision that I would encourage a client to make for themselves. It feels like something I would encourage my friend to do for themselves. But in the past, I haven't shown up for myself in that same caring, loving way. And I didn't beat myself up over it. I didn't say, well, what's wrong with you that you don't want to work? What's wrong with you that you just want to rest? Like, what? Ah, you don't deserve that. You're not worthy of that. I said, okay, this is the best thing I can do for myself. So I did that over the weekend, started the week feeling pretty good again. Still, you know, kind of some stress because there's a lot to get done. And then yesterday, which was Wednesday, again, the stress was coming because there was sort of like a deadline something that I needed to do by a certain deadline. And that was feeling pretty stressful. And part of what I needed to do was put up basically a web page. And I am not a web developer. That is not in my skill set. It is not something I'm very good at. Can I fiddle and muddle around in it? Yeah, I can. <laughs> That's how I have my website now. And it needs a redo. But usually it comes with like spending hours and hours longer than a real web developer would need to spend. And it also comes with a lot of stress and frustration and chatting with help, the help desk and, oh, this isn't working. And why isn't it working? And so I was starting down that road because that was the thing I needed to do. And I was getting stressed. I was feeling frustrated. I did not beat myself up. I didn't say, oh, what's wrong with you that you didn't do this sooner? Or, oh, I can't believe you're not good at this. Like, Why can't you just figure this out and do I didn't do any of those things. I would have done that in the past, but I said, okay, I'm feeling stressed. I felt tension and pressure in my chest. My heart was beating a little bit harder. I got a little bit hot. And I'm like, this is not fun. I do not, I'm not enjoying this right now. And so I paused and I thought about it. And I thought about what I needed to do and why I had set that deadline for myself. And I decided to change my plan. I made the decision that I wasn't going to make myself do this webpage for this deadline, that I was going to shift my plan. And yes, it meant a few other things shifted, right? I was giving a presentation that would link. So I had to shift the presentation, but I decided that the best way to take care of myself in that moment was not to push myself to do this webpage, which was going to take hours and take away from me working on some other things that are also very important for these launches I'm having. I decided, you know what? I was planning to do this, but I don't have to do it. And I can make a decision that's different. And that felt so empowering. And yes, I am my own boss. So I can make decisions like that, which is an amazing privilege of owning my own business and working for myself. And obviously that can be very different if you work for someone else or you work for a company, but the same process can apply, right? You can still respond to yourself with care and understanding instead of judgment. You can still say, okay, what am I feeling in this moment? What do I need in this moment? Do I need a break? Do I need to pause? Do I need to ask for help? Do I need to ask for an additional extension on when this is due? Do I need to ask for more resources? And so I I give that example because I think it's useful for you to know kind of what this looks like in real time, right? We can sort of talk about the extremes. And I've talked about the extremes of being at rock bottom with myself and offering myself compassion. And sometimes it's 
smaller moments. Sometimes it's smaller choices that we have to show up for ourselves and take care of ourselves. And really, that's the essence of being in a healthy relationship with ourselves. And so I want to kind of dive into that today and share more about what are the components of a healthy relationship with yourself and kind of where do we come up with these relationships with ourselves because they don't come out of nowhere. And, you know, I talked about this in episode 17, the first episode of this second season that Your relationship with yourself is really, in my opinion, the foundation for your life and your relationships with all of the other people in your life. And, you know, most of us develop a model or have a model for our relationships with ourselves based on how we were treated by our primary caregivers. So if we had parents who were incredibly warm and loving and accepting and just affirmed us, affirmed that we were worthy and wonderful just as we are, the likelihood that you would have a healthy, loving, affirming relationship with yourself is higher, right? Because you were treated that way. And so that sort of models then how you treat yourself. In contrast, if you had a parent who was harsh and critical and judgmental and always pushed you to do more and you got an A minus and they said, why don't you have an A? And they said, you know, you need to do more and you're not basically implied you're not good enough as you are. The likelihood that you would internalize that criticism is pretty high. And, you know, another factor is not only how our caregivers treated us, but also how we saw them treat themselves, right? So if you saw a parent be loving, accepting to you, but beat themselves up every time they made a mistake, you would probably get some of that self-criticism, right? Because children often do as we do, not necessarily as we say, right? So that environment that we grow up in sort of sets the stage for how we think we should be treated and therefore how we start to treat ourselves. You know, I also think it's important to acknowledge the influence of our environments, right? And any challenges or trauma or discrimination that we might have experienced. So, you know, if you are a person of color, if you are someone from minority group in some way, whether that's because of your sexual identity or a disability or some other identity that you hold, you probably receive a lot of messages that who you are and how you are isn't okay and isn't totally acceptable, right? Experiencing discrimination, somebody denying you rights or access, somebody denying you respect or care, right? These are very real experiences for those of us who are in groups that are discriminated against, who experience bias against us, right? And if we're not careful, it can be really easy to start to internalize these messages, right? To start to internalize the message that you're not good enough as a Black person. You don't deserve respect. You don't deserve rights. You're not good enough as a woman. You don't deserve equal rights. You don't deserve respect, right? Because those are the messages that abound and that's the type of treatment that you experience. And so all of these things, including trauma, you know, they send us the message that maybe we're not good enough, right? Maybe if we were different, we'd be treated better. We would be afforded rights. We would be cared for. We would be safe. We would be protected. And all of these things can then again become internalized and affect how we treat ourselves and how we see ourselves. So I'm sharing these contexts because I think it's really important to help you understand 
that the way you relate to yourself, the way you treat yourself, you come by it honestly, right? Most of us aren't just like magically one day for no reason starting to judge ourselves and be harsh, right? Like we live in a world that's pretty judgmental. We live in a world that pretty clearly communicates who's acceptable and who's not based on a number of characteristics. And so whether it's from your family, from what you've experienced in society or in school or in workplace, often these issues are internalized. And so I just want you to give yourself grace, right? The point of thinking about developing a healthy relationship with yourself is not to beat yourself up or have this be another thing that you're not doing right. And why do you do it that way? And not to go down that rabbit hole, but to acknowledge like, wow, given what I've experienced in my life, it kind of makes sense that I'm treating myself this way to have that sort of stance with it. So You know, I'm definitely an advocate for ending discrimination of all types, all the isms that we have to deal with in life. And I'm an advocate for eliminating structural racism and sexism and homophobia and transphobia and the cultural dynamics that oppress and marginalize people. I think all of this is incredibly important. And I truly hope that we will get there one day, right? That we will get to a place where everyone is embraced as worthy on both the personal and political and social spheres. And I don't think we should wait until society embraces us to embrace ourselves. That's why it's radical to do this work on ourselves. That's why it's so important for us to learn to love and care for ourselves regardless of what society is doing to us or our identity group. There was a woman, she's a feminist, queer theory scholar and activist, and she was a woman named Gloria Anzaldúa. She's a Chicana. And she wrote a book called Borderlands or La Frontera. And she has this powerful quote. She says, the struggle is inner. Chicano, Indio, American Indian, Mojado, Mexicano, immigrant Latino, Anglo in power, working class, Anglo, Black, Asian. Our psyches resemble the border towns and are populated by the same people. The struggle has always been inner and is played out in outer terrains. Awareness of our situation must come before inner changes, which in turn must come before changes in society. Nothing happens in the real world unless it first happens in the images in our heads. That is a powerful quote. It challenges us to pay attention to our inner worlds, to attend to our relationships with ourselves as a powerful space of transformation. And it asserts that if we heal our inner worlds, if we heal our relationships with ourselves, that better equips us to change and heal the world. That's my interpretation of it. There's a lot in life that we don't have control over. But one thing we do have control over is our relationship with ourselves. And I think that is incredibly empowering. So because our relationships with ourselves are so important, I developed the Healthy Relationship with Self framework so that you can understand the core components of building a healthy relationship with yourself. So I'm going to go through this dot, this framework with you now. So as we go through this framework, I want you to picture a Venn diagram. So Venn diagrams are the ones with three 
circles, three concentric circles that overlap. So see if you can picture that. So the circle on the top represents self-compassion. The circle on the bottom left represents self-acceptance. And the circle on the bottom right represents self-care. So it's self-compassion, self-acceptance, self-care. These are the three components that come together to create a healthy relationship with yourself. So let's break each of these core components down. Self-compassion is the first component. So if you've been listening to me and this podcast for a while, you know that I stand for self-compassion and for good reason. Self-compassion helps us to shift, shift how we relate to ourselves. So it guides you to be mindful of your thoughts and feelings, to remember that you're having a human experience and to be kind and encouraging to yourself. The next core component is self-acceptance. Self-acceptance is a big one. And there's a lot that goes into accepting ourselves. One of the first parts of accepting ourselves is stopping the constant inner criticism that we live with day in or and day out. Or as I like to say, breaking up with your inner critic. When you constantly criticize yourself, you are sending yourself the message that you are not good enough or acceptable as you are. Silencing self-criticism is an important first part of accepting yourself. And then the third core component of a healthy relationship with yourself is self-care. Now, I know you know about self-care, right? Everybody talks a lot about self-care, but unfortunately, self-care is often talked about in the mainstream as just being, you know, involving wearing cute athleisure wear and getting your nails done. And certainly that can be part of self-care. But at the core, I think true self-care involves setting healthy boundaries, tuning into your body to determine what rest, nourishment, and fun you need, and prioritizing and taking care of your needs. The three components, again, are self-compassion, self-acceptance, and self-care. And I want you to consider how you're doing with each of these components of having a healthy relationship with yourself. Are you practicing self-care? Are you accepting yourself? Are you practicing self-compassion? This framework is intended to be a guide to understand how to begin to build a healthy relationship with yourself. And if you start to consider how you're doing each of these components, that will point you in the right direction about kind of where do you need to bolster your relationship with yourself? What can you start to do to build up these components? What I know from my own life is that having a healthy relationship with myself has served as the foundation for me on my journey to unconditional self-worth. It has helped me to develop the courage to pursue my dreams, knowing that I would always have my own back and to take care of myself in the process so that I didn't get burned out, right? And that is really related to where I started this episode today, right? I was able to make a choice to take care of myself in response to feeling stressed, right? Instead of pushing myself further, instead of beating myself up, I accepted that I needed rest. I accepted that I was feeling stressed. I practiced self-compassion. I reminded myself that I was just human. I didn't judge myself. I didn't beat myself up. And then I took care of myself, right? That is what that looks like. And now as I'm recording this podcast, I feel so much better. I'm able to show up fully with you here now because I allowed myself to rest because I honored my experience. That's what I want for you. So 
So if the idea of building a healthy relationship with yourself resonates with you and it feels like something you need in your life, I want to invite you to join my new Date Yourself program. This is a four-week program that is all about building a healthy relationship with yourself. I am incredibly excited to introduce this program to you. I've been working on it for months and, you know, it's really designed to be a fun way to tune into yourself, get to know yourself, break up with your inner critic and really take care of yourself. And so it's developed in short bite-sized pieces. So each lesson is about 10 to 15 minutes. You can listen. There are worksheets so you can put activities into action and really integrate it into your life. But overall, it's intended to be something that is sort of powerful. It's kind of like a shot of those really nasty tasting greens, but this is not going to taste nasty. It's not going to taste nasty. It's going to taste so good, but it's like a shot of those like greens. Is it wheatgrass, whatever it is. And it's like, it gets to the point really quickly. So this is like that, except for not nasty, really good and fun along the way. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the four modules in the course and kind of what the course includes. And then I'll, I'll tell you where you can find, you can sign up and find out more about the course. So in the first module, you're going to break up with your inner critic. Yes, I said break up with your inner critic. This module is going to help you understand where your inner critic came from, how it's affecting your life. And I'm going to give you all the tools you need. These are research-backed strategies that I'm pulling from my psychology career and my work with clients to help you break up with your inner critic once and for all. Next, we're going to dive into self-compassion and you are going to use components of self-compassion to really get to know yourself. What do you like? What do you dislike? What do you want? What do you desire on a deep level? And how can you start giving that to yourself? In the third module, you will be guided to be good to yourself, right? To give yourself the things that you determined you desire and you want. To treat yourself with love and kindness, just like we want a a date to treat us. You're going to be guided to do that to yourself. And then in the fourth and final module, you are going to make a commitment to yourself, right? You're going to be developing a personalized self-care plan. I'm going to give you the framework for it that actually works for you, not just fiddling around with all of these different things and ideas of what you could do, not being really sure of what feels good for you in terms of taking care of yourself, but developing an effective self-care plan that leaves you feeling good and uplifted. So those are the core components of the course. It is going to be so much fun. It's going to be transformative. And I would just love for you to join me. A couple of other things. I will, you'll get access to a private Facebook group. I will be going live every week in the Facebook group, answering your questions live. And we're going to really create a beautiful community to support you in building a healthy relationship with yourself. So I have made the intention to make this course as accessible as possible. It is incredibly valuable. The value of the course and all the bonuses I'm offering is around $3,500. 
but I'm offering it for you for only $297. So I'd love for you to consider signing up. I also have a payment plan. So if $297 feels like too much at once, you could pay $100 once for the next three months. So three payments of $100. It's going to be awesome. You're going to want to be there. Do not be left out of this. You can learn more about the course, everything you need to know at unconditionallyworthy.com forward slash date yourself. And this is also linked up in the show notes. Feel free to email me, Dr. Adia at dradiagooden.com or DM me on IG at Dr. Adia Gooden if you have any questions. I'd love to answer them. And as a heads up, you have a few days to make a decision. So this episode, I believe, is airing on October 5th and the cart closes on the night of October 7th. So I know it's a short timeline, but you've been hearing about this a little bit if you're on my email list or all that. So make sure you go visit the website, check it out, see if it's for you. We'd love to have you. So you have about two days to make a decision. I really hope to see you there. So thank you so much as always for listening. It has been a joy to share this with you and stay tuned for the next episode. I'll be talking to Dr. Candice Norcott, who's a friend and colleague. She is also a licensed clinical psychologist and she is an expert in the area of trauma. So we will be talking about the impact of trauma on self-worth and you do not want to miss the gems that she will be dropping. I'll see you then. Thanks for joining me this week on the Unconditionally Worthy podcast. Make sure to visit my website, dradiagoodin.com, and subscribe to the show on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Adia Gooden. If you love the show, please leave a review on iTunes so we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Lastly, if you found this episode helpful and know someone who might benefit from hearing it, please share it. Thanks for listening and see you next episode. This episode was produced by Chris and Tiana and the music is by Wadaboy.